Did that just say this meeting is being recorded to you? Yeah. Oh, that's that's an, is that that's a new thing. I wonder if that's yeah, going to come out on. I I have to now consent. Oh. Otherwise, it doesn't be That is a new thing. Yeah. Here, I, here yeah. I was just, you know, merrily, you know, recording all our meetings without your consent. Um, no, joking. You, of course, of Consented. course, of course, you're I, have more, I have thought a lot more about what this looks like because you're chopping up an audio podcast for video onto social media platforms. So I have become a little more uh, conscious of, of what yes. that looks like. Yes. And hence why I spent. Uh, a, a good 20 minutes trying to get out my my new camera working with uh with this but it's uh it's you know it's not working so that's fine we'll just you know press on regardless and we'll we'll just do this so right let's let's get on with today's uh today's episode today's podcast um today we are going to be asking uh is it wrong to steal other people's content for your own church service Loaded question. Steal? Okay. Oh. Is it all right to? Um, how did you describe it, Lee? Let me just find it. You you put it on. I didn't uh, say steal. You didn't say steal. <laughs> um, hang on a minute. Let's find what you said here. Um, can you okay. preach someone else's sermon? So, using materials from other churches, can you preach someone else's sermon? Uh, and so what we're going to do today is, well, we're, I guess this is going to be Lee versus Chris, and maybe this should be a new feature that we could do. I don't know. Uh, but Lee, you've got three reasons why you think it is absolutely fine to use other people's material. I'm... Yeah, shall, we, shall, shall we throw in as well that we've we've just taken opposing views for the purposes of this recording? Rather yes. than, you know, the, the views for which we are about to argue are not necessarily those reflected by... Uh, the person. Yeah, I, I mean, it's probably true to say that we'll fall somewhere between these two stalls, but at least we can. But I mean, the hope with this episode is that that it will get you thinking about things from a different point of view, different perspective, and actually, it could you might change your perspective a little bit. I think most people will come into this probably having some maybe preconceived ideas on what they think is. Uh, like what you know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing and you know whether they think that's a problem or not um but i think that um this could this could change people's people's minds yeah and the thing is i it's probably not quite as easy to say it's a black and white issue as you know it's very obviously one way or the other unless there is copyright involved please yes. do not break copyright so like you know the disclaimer is always always check but let's face it in church circles we have seen things get used and people just move to you know use stuff and sometimes maybe we we don't know or we can be a little bit ignorant of some of those issues especially around licensing video clips and all the kind of stuff that we know that make sure your licensing is up to date make sure you've checked copyright all of the usual things there are there there are services out there that put this in place for you so you know we're, we're not talking we're not talking so much about that I, i'm talking about so this this started this was the trigger for me was talking with a pastor um of a church who was talking to their senior kind of like pastor in his, in his home church their their 
the the the, the teaching pastor as it was who um he he didn't know at the time because he was new there on staff and he was listening and he was like you know these messages are are, are really solid but then he asked uh, a relative and they were like you know oh you know how come you don't kind of engage and it was because they were like those stories he's telling aren't his stories yeah so, oh so yeah he's he's literally preaching somebody else's sermon yes but not to the degree of preaching somebody else's sermon for the content. He was he, leaving in the stories, the jokes, everything. Right. So the, the thing that he was putting across on the platform wasn't even about his family, the way he was telling it. <laughs> yeah, he would say, my daughter did this. And Does he even have a daughter? <laughs> no, at least he had a daughter. So, that, you know, these elements of it add up. <laughs> and 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 I was like, yeah, that's not great. But it it sent me down this thing. I was like going, but don't we all at some point preach somebody else's sermon? Don't we all, you know, look or hear what somebody else has done and think I my church need to hear that? And then we have that thing of it saves us time. It uh, it's already well thought out. We often think that they've also been prepared by an individual when, you know, I think we've touched on this before. A lot of the, you know, the great talks, and I say that in inverted commas, a lot of the talks that we hear and material that we come off, although one person presents it who's maybe the lead communicator, they are often written by team yes. um, and yes. shaped by several people over a long period. So it's like, you know, in one sense, it's, you know, there's no such thing as really the individual script writer on TV shows anymore. It's always teams um you know somebody gets the credit kind of but it, it's a lot more involved by today's standards isn't it you know there's yes. there's there's many many people involved to do it a lot of the talks we hear and a lot of the church materials particularly from much of the larger churches are done in that kind of way with a team i don't think anybody's got um joke writers uh you know you know the people like filling in filling in the gags but it wouldn't surprise me oh maybe maybe they should I guess you know what we've all sat in that sermon where we think somebody should have helped write this guy's jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. That is very we've, true. Okay. We've all done the cringe. Um, yes. At those points. Yeah, so that's where it got me. It's like, actually, I was like, you know, what what's wrong? And I was like, oh, maybe, you know what? I draw the line at telling somebody else's jokes as if they were my own. Yeah. But I was like, it saves time. Good content is good content. Um Okay, well, should we go through? Should we go through yeah. each reason one at a time? So, do you want to go through yeah. what, what's your first? Your let's do. We'll do one pro, one against, and then we'll go through that because we've got three each, as is yeah. our, our our standard now. Um, so, what's your first reason why you think that churches should use other churches' content? Um, we're time strapped. We're resource light. We we deal particularly with smaller churches. It's a great way to get great content. Um, it saves time. It removes some of the effort. I'm not saying that it's unfiltered. Um, I'm saying that, but if, if if a pastor has heard something in the week and his preparation is like, oh, I could use that. And at the end of the day, on major themes, hasn't it all been done before anyway? So what's the harm in using somebody else's material? That, that's where I'm at. It saves time. There's good content out there. 
good content I, is good yeah. content. And the thing with that is, is that there is a lot of content, a lot of churches are putting out their teaching material for other churches specifically to use. So a great example yeah. of that is, I know my church, uh, we took a life church series on money and finance and all that kind of thing. And we just, we, we took the main points and, and, and re-preached it. Now we didn't do it all entirely, but we did take all of their branding for it. And we oh, took all yeah, of the Yeah, because it comes points. with a graphic package. Yeah. It yeah. comes with the, I mean, I mean that, that touched on one of my points later on, but there's stuff out there from some of the really large churches that is literally pre-prepared. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 so and there are plenty of uh, plenty of churches doing it, and they're really really great resources, and it can really help, especially when it's in the the area of the the things that so something like finance, where you you need a little bit of specialist knowledge sometimes, and it's not quite it may not be within your kind of life message genre i think most most preachers do have their kind of life message thing where they're going to preach what they're really you know in their strength and i think that's fine you know not every preacher can be preaching all topics really really well and i, I think that's a, probably an unrealistic expectation so i think in those circumstances i think it's understandable why uh why taking stuff off the shelf as it were could be a really good option and and again the you know the level of if it all fits in the belief you know your your theology and you know we're not we're not daft you don't preach you don't you wouldn't want to preach everybody's sermon from every church but that you've got your favorites and the people that you aspire to be i think you just have to be careful sometimes it's sort of like i'm i don't want to be a craig craig rochelle wannabe like yeah he might preach well and communicate well and you might you might look up to him but uh, you know there's that there's that element of not I think my point is, is that, you know, I want to take the content, not trying to be somebody else. Yeah. So, yeah. In that point is, you know, great content is great content. We're in a uh, kind of environment where most of the major topics have been done before. Um, we, we don't really do anything new. We, you know, we, everybody preaches on heroes of faith and the book of Daniel and, uh, you know, we, we, there's a lot of those kind of like, you know, the, the thematic stuff has, has, has often been done. I think sometimes you can almost preach somebody else's sermon without even knowing you've preached somebody else's sermon. Well, yeah. um, but you get soaked in that environment. And it's very easy for somebody else's words to become your own words. But I think, so we've got that thing. It's like a church like Life Church um, and a few others, you know, there's, there's, there's several out there like this, but they, um, they, they just say have our material. Yeah. But I think it's also more that like if I just if I just decide that I like a mate's church down the road where like, you know, maybe there's no profile and nobody else has ever heard of them, but I've seen his notes and I'm like, I'm just going to preach his notes. There's, you know, what does it look like at that level as well? Where yeah. you're 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 just using that as a material. But I think great content is great content, is my argument there. Um, and to, if you can, if you can, if you can preach it, if you can teach it, if you're, if you're doing that and breaking it down, why not? It's a time saver. That's, yeah. that's my, that's my only thing. I'm glad there's video with this so people can see that maybe I feel slightly awkward about that in its entirety, but actually I think, you know, there's an element we've all done it. We all, we all start from something, we start from somewhere. Um, but 
yeah, it's great. So why not? Why not? Yeah, it's really interesting that if you take it out of the Sunday world and put it into the group world, you know, this is just standards. You know, so many churches will take, you know, the Alpha course and run an Alpha course or uh, our churches started using uh, something called Right Now Media, where you can get a lot of streamed stuff. So it's perfect for for groups. And it's, you know, essentially it's going, we're not even going to try and take you're not even going to try and pass it off as our own. We're just going to take other people's and just, and that's, well, and let's that's not, let's not neglect the fact. I think a move to online predominantly over online for this last year. I mean, it's been enforced, you know, mm-hmm. we've not really been able to do much about that. I think that has also changed it to a degree that the ability to access and show other people's stuff, because maybe our people are tuning into other people's stuff anyway. Yes. So, yeah. I think we've got a lot more comfortable with using other people's content. Yeah. I think the interesting thing from for me is um well I mean I guess I get on to 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 my 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 con my first if that was your first pro I'll move on to my first con to it. And my con to this thing of taking other people's material is I just think it's disingenuous. I think that it can or it can be not saying that it's it is always disingenuous because i think that that's i think there's plenty of examples where that you know it can be used really really well but like you said when it's the you know taking the preachers you know examples from their home life and their you know all that kind of you know stealing the jokes that just feels a bit disingenuous to me and the other part of it is that if you're especially there are some there are some churches and some pastors that really really just want to be like whoever it is, you know, insert name here, insert church here. You know, they may want to be like HTB or Hillsong or uh, Life Church or Bethel or, you know, whatever it is, you know, the big, the big players. And so they can end up just wanting to, you know, whatever, you know, who, name the preacher and whoever it is, they just want to preach their stuff. And at that point, wouldn't it just be more, ingen- you know, it, to be, to not be disingenuous, wouldn't it just be better to say, we're just going to stream that sermon and we'll just put it on a video. That would be more honest and say, actually, we're just happy to show that. And uh, and that actually, I don't think that's necessarily a, a bad thing, um, but it just, I think passing it off as your own just seems a bit wrong. Uh, you know, making people think that you've written this, this preach. Um, I mean, it's interesting for me, um, being a, a worship leader, because in the, in the, um, in the worship sphere, it's completely different, isn't it? You know, everyone takes everyone else's songs all the time. Yeah. And so that's, and that's just par for the course. It's just normal. So why isn't it so normal in, uh, in the preaching world? That's an interesting one. But for me, I think it's, it does run the risk of being disingenuous for me. Yeah, I think that's it. There's one thing taking the content. It's a different thing taking the credit. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's, if you're going to take stuff that's not your own, be be sure to credit it, credit people's work. Because, you know, people have put a lot of hard work into that. And I think that that's, it's the right thing to do, isn't it? It's just, it's right to credit people where, you know, just, just like at the, you know, if you're singing someone's songs, you've normally got to have the copyright information somewhere, or you at least got to pay them, you know, CCLI license and all that kind of stuff that is someone else's property it's probably a little bit more difficult with a preach because can you really own can you truly own a preach and i think that's where it that's probably why i say it's like you know quite gray um 
but then I I read I read a story. I'm gonna have to go and dig out this link to find out where this is about now. But I read a story about there's um there's uh this there's a guy, he's like he's a professor. And when I say a professor, like it's proper niche professor, okay. So it's of something like the history of tattooing. Okay. That's pretty right. niche. And 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 how it and kind of like, you know, but I mean, you know, and I don't want to like do the guy a disservice either. It was about kind of like, you know, uh, all the way back to like tribal stuff, like culture. Um, it was about like, you know, the way that this has been used to represent things, its meanings and kind of like status. So like obviously it's more involved. The guy's actually been able to get a professorship of it. And it was this crazy story of him realizing that there was a guy out there impersonating him, even, even taking his material and filing it elsewhere as academic papers and getting academic treatment for the wow. submission and totally, basic, totally living this guy's life, even to the point where he was being invited to speak as this person yeah okay yeah so like i mean this is this is like impersonation so you know this this would be you know in in church circles you'd hope this wouldn't happen but i'm wondering if there is some guy out there who's gone around like just going i'm brian houston (laughs) (laughs) i hope he tries to do the voice as well because i I like brian houston's voice um (laughs) and i think i just it's it's obviously a very well-known uh, voice so I just like I heard, I'm not going to try and do it but yeah, like, yeah. I think that would be but, but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you know if these kind of like impersonators are, anyway yeah that, that that's the total aside but I was like yeah these the, these things these things happen okay and as unusual as it might sound like it's crazy to think that somebody might do that but I was like I'm, I'm wondering if it has happened within like church circles but yeah this guy had a, like this 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 person, it wasn't like a, a homage to him. This guy literally ripped off his entire life and lived his life, even duplicated and had himself tattooed to match the other guy and all sorts of stuff. It's wow. like one of those like bonkers stories. Probably make a great short film that will come to Netflix at some point. But um, uh, yeah, that was the kind of territory it was in. So I was like, yeah, there's, there's a big difference. It's like, it's okay maybe using other material, probably giving credit, but actually to take it to such a degree that people think it was already your own is disingenuous. Maybe we're, yeah. we're kind of like over to the audience, you decide. Um, but that, that's, that's two points on that one. So okay. shall we go to our second one? Go on, go to your second one. What's your second pro for using other churches' content? So my, my pro on this one, and I think actually this is probably one where I, I kind of sit with a little bit more comfortably, is... It allows us to be highly responsive, highly reactive to specific needs on topics where otherwise we would have little knowledge. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so there's um, there's always you know hot topics in in the world. You know, I'm thinking you know just in the last year we've had you know a lot of stuff that's come out, not just with COVID, but there's you know Black Lives Matter. There's been all sorts of different issues, and being able to speak into that you know, you, it's very difficult to get the necessary training in that area. And some, sometimes yeah. you've got to speak into that. Although does that run the risk then of then, are you are you preaching something that you may not fully own? 
Well, I, I think this one is probably more about can you use other people's material as in a bit like, um, for me, this would be, here's a video by people who have got expertise and knowledge, which has been easier to do this last year. Let's face mm-hmm. it, that has become more commonplace. I, I think this touches more on, hey, we're going to walk through a series with our small groups, alpha style. Here's yep. 10 lessons about a topic from an expert who we're saying we trust. And it's that high level of curation, as in going, we know that this is good material, therefore we're going to yeah. use this material. We had a lot, um, I know in kind of like some of the more well-being and um, emotionally healthy spirituality, the yeah. um, Pete Gazzaro, uh, uh like materials, like, you know, that that that's one where when I think some of the stuff around like well-being and, you know, m- mindfulness and, and mental health and things, I think it's disingenuous for us to present or speak on that pretending like we know when maybe like I, I I would feel uncomfortable it's like you know even if there's lived experience even if I understand it to a degree I just think it's one of those where like I want to be badged and accredited to be able to talk about that on a level that says this is how you now can land it or embed it because it brings questions so the my 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 job as somebody leading a church would be more to be attentive and understanding about what's going on and what needs to be spoken about and what could help people, my church and the local area, or you know, my my congregated church and then the, the, the wider church and those who are, you know, can can connect with us. So I'd be like, actually, I think that's more about levels of curation, finding, actively finding good quality content that speaks to those needs, that actually addresses it in a way. That, that 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 teaches me and allows me to process it with the people that I'm doing that with um, while we gain and grow in expertise and maybe find surprising avenues to, to do that. But there are always going to be topics and things that come up that we are not all skilled in. Yeah. We're not all skilled in. And I think there's a, it, this is different to my first one because I think this is less about preaching it yourself and more about showcasing it, providing it, and curating content rather than rather than reinventing the wheel is to actually have this in place saying no we will find the training we will find the support we will find the teaching on these matters that's a, that that is excellent and matches our values um so yeah slightly different from my first point this yeah. is probably more about curated content um but it allows us to speak at a level on topics of which we might not otherwise have knowledge it's a great question to ask, which is, you know, if you're going to preach on a subject, let's say something like, you know, mental health or something like that, you know, are you qualified to be able to talk on those subjects? Because just saying, I'm just going to say what the Bible says, which I think has been said for a long time, it's not a, that could be a very damaging thing for people in the congregation. Yeah. It's if you get that, if you get that wrong. And and most most pastors, understandably, don't have the time to go and do a three-year degree in psychology. Uh, you just don't have that luxury. So, you know, the, and there are great people, I'm trying to think like um, in church circles, people like Caroline Leaf have been often used in those kind of scenarios. They, they'll come in, they have obviously, you know, a clear expertise in a certain area. They can come in and yeah. speak into that. Uh, and other people as well. And they've, they, you know, and normally they are, they tend to be badged up in certain certain areas, especially when it comes to health and well-being and those kind of subjects. 
Yeah, and I, I think that's it. It's I think this is actually more about being honest to ourselves and saying, I'm at the end of my knowledge on that, but recognize the need. That servant leadership then is putting things in place to make sure that the needs of those around me are addressed. But also, and you mentioned that like brilliantly just then, you you can't set up some of these topics on things like mental health or some of the social and movement and you know and this touches on like things like black lives matter mm-hmm. and um maybe even extinction rebellion and some of those things that come up right i think again that's disingenuous to try and engage a wider audience with what we're doing as well as those who are already with us in the church to say this is what the bible says it's like no that that doesn't fly in these situations it needs to show it in context to so much more the cultural representation and there was still a learning about how other people see it that we need to be conscious of and aware of to understand and where we build our own viewpoint and our churches are going to have varying viewpoints um you know when we're not there to like comb through and make everybody think the same way on every topic obviously there's 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 some stuff where like if we don't think the same way about that then maybe it's a different issue but you know we're it's we're not presenting it uh um you know make it all uniform we're 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 presenting to educate and to you know to, and to and to work with people so i i think there's more probably actually have i just counted my own point number one in that you know, we should bring more external stuff in and give credit for where it's come from because of its. Um, yeah, I think it's different. How well done it is. Yeah, I think it's different circumstances require different types of things, and I, I think this is it's getting me thinking on to a podcast we did a few a few months ago where we talked about changes that we think we could see disruptive changes. I think it was called. Uh, it's worth going back and having a listen. But in that podcast, we talked about potentially you know, moving away. Churches could start moving away from one person speaking and much more interview style and conversation because m- much more of the world is is being. You, you, it's easier to integrate with a conversation than it is with one person speaking. And especially on these issues, you could still be, you know, the you could still be the. Um, you know, if you're the pastor of the church, still be hosting that conversation. But you're now, you're not the person who's doing all the teaching. You're going, I'm going to interact with this person who's got expertise in this area. And we can talk about, okay, I can talk about from what the Bible says, but you've got expert knowledge in this area. That's a great combination. That can work really, really well because now we've got both sides of it. We're looking at it from, maybe it's a scientific angle and we're looking at it from a scriptural angle and we're trying to find, and we're having that kind of, I think it's the mm. same dialectic where we're, we're, we're searching for the right way forward together rather than, you know, we're not, we're not debating each other because that wouldn't be good, but it, we're, we're moving towards uh, that conversation. Maybe you, I can't yeah. remember the term you've re- you've referred it to. Dialogic. Dialogic. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think we're moving away from this, um teaching kind of like you know i say you do kind of thing or even these ones where we break it out and have it come the other way i i i i'm a strong advocate for and believer in a dialogic approach mm-hmm. and i think maybe we've not quite fully landed what that looks like in delivery yet um and it's i mean and to be fair this is this is how things are working in other areas of facilitation 
um, and other community and citizen-led uh, projects and things that are going on. It's a, it's a good one to look up, read about, understand and, and work out how it happens. But that dialogic aspect, um, and I'm trying to think of his name, is it Dan White Jr.? As in the TV presenter? Have I picked the no. wrong person? No, that's Dan Snow. Oh, I'm getting confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's Dan Dan White. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna quickly look up the name um, now. Yeah, Dan White Jr., um, who um, has spoken a lot about um, dialogic approach in terms of um, uh, theology and, uh, and and speaking and um, just developing and discipling and things like that. So uh, there's other people that be talking about it. Um, but that that's where I that, I think that's where I probably first heard and then started taking the term seriously. But yeah, definitely uh def, definitely want to to, to to explore in more detail. Yeah. Okay, my my second con is that I think that taking other people's content will create homogeneity across the church. I think it will all start to feel all a bit the same. Now, there is lots of content out there, and so how you curate that could create the kind of differentiation, perhaps. But I'm, I think my worry is that more churches would just start going down the areas they like. And so they're all, you know, if, if you're into certain, one certain sort of vein of theology, it will all just become that very much the same thing. And essentially what it does is it just creates, it almost creates a, a, a few very large churches that are all actually just, taking the same content and i'm just worried that that where's the like, where's the originality where's the where's the uniqueness in there so i worry about homogeneity um yeah Lee, what, what are your thoughts on homogeneity yeah I, is it one of those other arguments of if we're a united church and we're all presenting the same thing doesn't it all look very the same anyway but then how do you balance that with the kind of like all things to all people approach yeah. and understanding your target market? And, you know, we talk about this, you know, it is a target market. There are people we're trying to reach. You're not going to reach everybody with the same thing. It's, you know, there's is it the Malcolm Gladwell thing. You know, this is why there's so many different types of pasta sauce. We all want pasta sauce, but some want it sauce, some want it chunky, some want it chopped. It's like, you know, that's why there's so many different types of pasta sauce. You know, there's, it's, it's, a, it's a similar ingredient, but we all want it slightly differently. Isn't actually our job to um, present this in such a way that we can adjust it and season it for who we're telling it to. Isn't that our purpose? So taking content and just flattening it over and making it kind of meh, is that got has that got value? Well, I mean, to stretch this analogy probably further than its utility, um, I think some we I are think, good at that. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we are. We are good at that. Well, my suggestion would be then that I wouldn't want people to buy pasta sauce at all. I would want them to make their own pasta sauce because making your own pasta sauce is way nicer than buying the leading brand um, if you know how to make it, obviously. And that could be the issue in itself, you know. But and and that depends on what you've got in your cupboards and you know when you've when you've got these kind of really interesting ingredients and you're trying different things, then you get this unique, you know. And there's the thing I've I mean I've no I've never really properly been to Italy beyond. I went across the border for an hour 
Uh, but the thing I hear about with Italian cooking is, is, is very much about, you know, every house has their own recipe for how they do their ragu. You know, every, every, it's all slightly different. They're all using their secret ingredients and their own flavor and their own thing. They're not, you know, I mean, I'm sure buying a jar of pasta sauce in Italy is like, you know, you could get, you, you know, you probably get arrested for it or something. Um, because it's, you know, it, it is about making it yourself. It's about using the ingredients you've got. It's about creating your own flavor. Um, and so that's, that's why I think that whilst it's and it just juxtaposes with the whole um target market thing because i agree with the target market that we need to be knowing who we're doing it for so in that sense you know if you're making a i don't know why we're doing this on pasta sauce i think if, if i was going to name this episode it would be pasta sauce but i won't name it that um you know if but if you know who you're making it for maybe they don't like a certain ingredient then you you make sure you leave that out um, and maybe that would be part of your normal thing. Maybe you like to put wine in your sauce, for instance, and you know someone really hates wine, or you know, and so you go, okay, well, I'll leave that out because that's the right thing to do to 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 make the right sauce for someone. But then there's also the other side of it, which is you still put your uniqueness into it. And I just worry that we're just all going to become a little bit um, Dolmio if we uh, other brands are available. Um, if we if we're just taking other people's content, it is a bit like buying that kind of off the shelf version yeah. and it's never quite as good. Yeah. And yeah, I, so yeah, I, I, I'm with that. I don't think we're not trying to all work together to normalize. And I think this is the piece of, we sometimes think that if you're thinking that your church is, if your expression of the church always has to try and be the whole body and that the next church down the road is trying to be the whole body, actually what we're called to do is all work together to be the body yeah. that actually we all have slightly different functions and things that we do and ways that we meet and everything, everything like rolls on from there when we're not meant to look alike, like definitely not meant to look alike in the same way at all. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know, maybe it's been hard to like put your head above the parapet. Sometimes like, you know, there's a difference in it. It's like we want to be like the church down the road and other people because it helps us feel um, better, safe, a um, bit more confidence in what we're doing and that if other people look at us, we look like we're in good company. But I think, yeah, what the, the hallmarks about why we're alike are very different to the hallmarks in like how, how we speak. You know, you and I have huge similarity in our approaches and how we work with people but huge differences in lots of other things that underlie it but it doesn't mean it doesn't work um so i th yeah i think there's there's a there's a lot more to kind of like un unpicking that but yeah if we if we all did it the same way or thought yeah this is you know Maybe even, even denominations don't quite roll it out quite like that. Actually, if you start to do that, you take away any nuance and it becomes a rule book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Okay, let's go on to your third pro. What's your third pro for third taking pro. other people's look. content? Um, so I've often worked in small churches and um, I've got a team who just don't do it how I like it. So... <laughs> <laughs> they ain't got the skills 
But I mean, I laugh, but it's true. You know, in in small church contexts, you often don't have the luxury of even even medium sized, sometimes larger churches. You don't have the luxury of having a graphic designer. And, and no, if you... no. I mean, I've I've I've. It's not too hard to find out where I've been, so be very very careful. Um, I have worked with teams, um, and like the extent of the design skills is printing in comic stands on coloured paper. Yeah. Neither of which are design. <laughs> no, I think comic sans is, I think it's genuinely, it deserves its place in, you know, in the, the fiery, the lake of fire. I, 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 think. I, I can't even use it ironically. It's like, it's that, it's that bad. <laughs> um, but, you know, I have similar feelings about instant coffee. Uh, so. Oh yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. There. So, but uh, I mean, there also in lies a problem is that if that if that's what I've got and then people don't do it how I want it to be, you know, how I, I want it to be done or, or how I see it and I bring it in, um, there's, you know, there's a, obviously a big downside uh, to that. But then all roads lead to me. I have to be responsible for everything. I don't increase the resourcing. But does it reach who I want it to reach? Um but yeah, genuinely, like my team don't have the design skills. My team don't have the musical capability. Um, you know, I've got, you know, the guy that knows four chords and has got five strings on his guitar. Um, he's still sat in the front row singing along, but um, I'd rather us sing along to a YouTube video, thanks. Um, because that's that's what I want to present. And it's, yeah, probably double-edged, but that's that's another reason for borrowing content is that it can help you just push push a standard uh, but use it right so that you are using it to inspire and lead and grow and develop and disciple people rather than to lord it over them and tell them how bad they are at it. And um, that's not what we're on about here. We're on about, you know, in, introducing it and using materials from the churches because we're resource strapped. We're maybe, you know, light on who we've got on the team. And I've been in churches where we've got incredible musicians, but terrible equipment or terrible sound system and people who don't know how to do sound but you've got great musicians like there's, there's nothing wrong maybe with working out how you can improve that do you, do you hire people do you get training what do you invest in but it yeah to, to work that out i think borrowing to bring inspiration um and using materials or buying in like you said you you, you even use like the, the life church finance graphics package that mm. they they introduced if it's already been done and it fits, why not use it? It 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 allows you to move things forward maybe a bit quicker than otherwise you could. Well, um, and the great example of that in I think everywhere that I've seen is people are using stock photography. Uh -huh. No, not just in the church world, ev everywhere. I mean, we use stock photography because we're not I'm not a great photographer. And you know, we're we're facilitators. And so when you need a great picture for your website. Uh, and I feel like I'm giving the game away here that people can go on a website and that's, I didn't take those pictures. Um, but then I think you, people quickly know that that's actually true, that, that you, so what you're trying to convey something. And if you had, it had to be, if everything had to be original, it, you just would lose the standard of excellence, which becomes the minimum standard to just get over the bar. You, you, you would need to have a full-time employed photographer or even two even if you were a small church mm -hmm. to cover everything if you wanted every picture of 
people working, writing on paper, reading the Bible, running groups, doing Sunday kids. Like that is an extraordinary amount of work if you want that at a high quality photo that you're getting from a lot of these stock sites. Uh, the, the other example of it is uh, our church have started using backing tracks for worship because we at the moment um, where we are, we only have one bassist. Our other bassist has um, broken a ri- his wrist or something like that. So he can't play for months. And so that means that we are often without a bassist, but we're, we're now starting to use more. We use a backing track. You've got the bass in there. And also what it yeah. means is, is it provides that thing of saying, like we're not now desperate for anyone and everyone. We can still keep a standard of excellence, which is really important because excellence provides that kind of baseline. It's the baseline thing that people need to not Stop feel embarrassed. Base. <laughs> yeah, I need bass, guys. I need bass. Um, <laughs> and so it, those kind of things. But some people have a real, a real issue with it. And plenty of people in my church have said, in the worship team has said, oh, if it makes me feel uncomfortable, it feels like we're cheating and and that kind of stuff. And I and I my my always thought is, well, no, it doesn't. If you know, it's helping us, it helps us keep us consistent, it helps keep us excellent. And yes, it's not us playing it, but does that does that really matter? The aim is to we want to get here. And I guess when we're using other churches' content, you know that's a great example because that is using other churches content in terms of music but why not in terms of series design because you may not be able to get a great series design but you know life church or hillsong or bethel or htb might have some series graphics that would be brilliant and you can use that and it will just level up what you're trying to do it's interesting because i'm i've been writing a a a video or a a blog i think it's going to be a video or a blog might be both uh, where you know what's going to help people invite their friends to church and and excellence is is not a it's not a goal to be attained it's just the kind of minimum standards that when you know if you are you know putting your series graphics and it's all with comic sans it's going to intuitively it makes people cringe up it's not it's just a uh, it's just there is a minimum standard of excellence that's and, needed and that means it. you need it's to like, borrow yeah you and I think with standard, it's it's not like uh, the number of graphics or the quality of representation or looking like another brand. Actually, I think a lot of the excellence comes from being just consistent. Yeah. I, you know, when I started off, I, I used to do loads of like graphics, logos and the invitations and that for church. I am not a designer. I understand a lot about design. It was my I worked in that as a background, but more on the on, a, on the development side. So I was around a lot of people. The bit I knew how to do, though, was to get consistency. Yeah. And delivering the consistency is like, is our, is, our, is our address always in the same place? Is the map always the same map? Is all of that information always in the same location on everything we print? Do we always say when, where, what, and how much in the same order? You know, those kind of things. It's having that bit of style guide, I think, actually goes a long way to helping in those in those situations and so it's like yeah don't make don't make excellence being you know if you're i suppose it's like the tears in like you know in 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 football they all go out and they play their best and there's excellence in the game but there are still like you know divisions of which you know you would say performance and ability okay like know know what you're doing and do it well and be consistent in everything that you deliver so like you said 
if yours is within the music, is there's a consistent sound. Actually, excellence comes from providing that consistency. Um, and actually, even if you're a small church, and you've only got one or two musicians, seriously check out Ableton and backing tracks and things yeah. like that. Loop it, community, it add, very good. It can add so much. It can add so much to what we're doing. Um, um, yeah, it's a, and it's a great way to kind of like, yeah, boost what's going on. And lots of the work has been done, but it increases community and sharing. And I think that's that's important. Yeah. Okay, my last point is that, and uh, the irony of this is now fully, I'm fully aware of, because I'm stealing a quote from Todd Henry, the author, uh, which is that cover bands don't change the world. That's my final... Of, of which I've heard a pastor preach that as their own. Really? That, that, that message? That exact message, yeah. And, um, but I think it's, it's still true. So I'm going to use it as a quote. Cover bands don't change the world. I'll, I'll attribute Todd Henry to that, unless he's taken it from somewhere else. Man, uh, I, you know what? Yeah, we need to get him on here. That'll be good. Yeah. Uh, Todd, if you're listening, we'd love to get you on. Um, so I think cover bands don't change the world. You never get a great cover band that are, you know, as good as the, you know, ABBA tributes and the, the Beatles tributes are, they're never going to change the world. And I think that, I mean, I think of this as a musician that I think that I'm, I'm always, there's something within me that's always for churches, always looking to create their own sound and create, you know, from a musical point of view. And I think that's true from a, a preaching point of view is creating your own style and feel and, and it's, it's creating your own uniqueness. And I think that's so important. And, you know, how do you do that? And it's, you're, it's often working with the people that you've got, but then uh, there is a, there's a level of, of there's a kind of standard, like I said, where you, you that's the minimum on there there's a reason that people listen to you know one percent of the music on spotify rather than the other 99 percent because it's hitting some kind of standard but yeah. i still think that there's got to be an endeavor to always work towards there and work towards promoting the uniqueness that's in your church whether that's songs or if that's preaching or if that's creative output in some way because i think that's that the, the uniqueness is going to be the thing and we don't need more cover bands we don't need more cover churches i think we need some unique churches interesting i think there was a quote that's come out in this last uh, i'm going to say i saw it recently but it could be really old and it was like brian may talking about queen and why they didn't take on a freddie mercury impersonator to be the new yeah. frontman yeah yeah um, and I'm like, actually, there's a, there's, there's a, I mean, there's, there's a lot to unpack in something like that. Um, but yeah, it's that idea of, yeah, where, where you go as a cover band. Although I don't know, where do we go with worship teams in a lot of that? I think, you know, a lot of worship teams are act like cover bands. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I think that there should be, we, we should be trying to find ways that all churches should be finding songwriters and and finding unique ways of doing it even if it's just unique ways of playing songs you know that there there's been some amazing cover songs that have been so unique you, you know you think of uh I'm trying to think of what's a what's a classic one um but where the cover's more famous than the original well yeah so um the, the beatles did i get by with a little help from my friends and then joe cocker did a version of it which was just entirely different yeah and you know the, the same one, song, think, yeah, Val Valerie by um, yes. Winehouse instead of the Zootons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could argue that's that's probably better than the original, and um, that's probably contentious. 
Um, so that I think that, but it was, but it's, it was still capturing their uniqueness in it. So even if you're not writing the songs yourself, um, there, there's always a, a thing where try and create the uniqueness. You know, if you've got, and often, you know, a church has got a, you know, this hodgepodge of different styles and feels and someone really likes, you know, Billy Joel, someone really likes, you know, EDM dance music, someone likes this and that. And, but you could put that all together to create something. And I think similarly with your preaching styles as well, there's going to be someone who's going to be a little bit like this. Someone's going to like a little bit like that. And you together, you can create something that's quite, quite unique. There's, there's, uh, You've touched on something there though, because back, back in the day, like real early days, radio, like 40s, 50s, America kind of era when probably more, you know, the early Elvis, Tom Jones kind of like era and 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 uh, their, their contemporaries around that time. A lot of the record labels owned stables of writers who wrote songs and then tried recording those songs with a number of artists till they found the right fit and then got it performed as well. Yeah. Um, I'm like, and so there's there's an interesting thing that people were generating the content and finding people perform it, and a lot of the performers weren't also the writers. Yeah, that's just true. To, just to trick that into the mix to you know mess things up about how things are going, but it's yeah. And then then today we get much more of the uh, the the ownership of who does what down to like you know owning the entire process, um, and yeah, and 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 everything in between. But there has been, yeah, so that kind of like covering songs a long time ago was sometimes I'm just trying to find out which combination worked best because it was the record company that was trying to make the money. And now we're trying to get much more ownership back into the content creator um, and the platforms to allow content creators to do what they need to do is, is, a, is a very different very different way of looking at it. But uh, yeah, when it comes to um, that idea, yeah, cover bands i think something is lost in repeating what somebody else has done if you didn't do it or put a spin on it and i think yeah. you can put a spin on it you can make it unique but yeah you're not you're not going to get and the, the coldplay cover band are aren't going to fill a stadium that's true but but in saying that when you're creating new stuff and something that todd henry talks about um which is that when you're creating something new you you always start by imitating you learn by imitating it's almost like a, the trunk of the tree and that's how you you, you move up very quickly because you're learning you're learning the ropes of what it is to create and you do it by imitation and i did it everyone does it everyone has their style you see preachers who who you know they they preach like someone else and it's because they're learning their own style. And at some point they have to become like the branch of a tree and they branch out and do their own thing, but it's because they've learned that. And so I think that there's no problem, you know, if you've got influences of this preacher and that preacher or this band and that band or whatever it is, it's okay to, to lean on those things and learn from those things. But at some point you have to branch out and try something new and not try and sound like your favorite band or your favorite preacher and, and keep your influences large and and listen to listen to many preachers or listen to many different styles of music and, and things and it will create that uniqueness over time and i think that's that's a really good way of thinking about it so that the churches don't need to worry if you know the new young 
worship leader or new young preacher go you know think oh he sounds a bit like that person is he just copying them that's that's how you learn you have to learn that way everyone does it and that imitation is what teaches you the ropes of how to create and you you learn to create your version of that song or your version of that preach and some and suddenly and maybe so maybe that you know taking other people's content as a start is a great way to start learning the ropes but eventually it's got to lead to something unique i think yeah no agreed agreed and I think that, but you know, do we take that as far as the imitate me as i imitate christ kind of like you know while you're while you're learning a way to be unique in everything that's that's imitate me as i imitate christ can we take it that far as well yeah maybe maybe i'm i'm, I'm not sure um uh, but but i think there's there's something to be said for that you know that, that you will to, to imitate others so like when paul says imitate me as i imitate christ it's it's because you're if you imitate paul you're you're you know you're learning the ropes really really quickly and he, and you know the reference that he's referring to there that's something that you, we could have to we'd have to dig into but i think there's something to be said for it the imitation game is isn't a bad thing it's it's all part of learning it's all part of being a disciple i guess you know that's you know and, and we're disciples of many people in one in, in other, you know not in the you know not in the the jesus way we all want to be a disciple of jesus um but in 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 our creative sense we become disciples of other people and we learn from them and um and 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 then the idea is that at some point you become the you know the the, the disciple becomes the rabbi at some point that was that, that was how it works back in those days uh, and i guess creatively if we're talking in that sense then then that needs to happen as well so yeah i think it's great uh, I think it's and more more uniqueness to churches, but if, I think that there's so much that can be said for taking things that are working well in other churches, implementing them, putting your own spin on them. Uh, yeah. No, well, yeah. So what we've concluded here is um, a little bit of both. Well, a little I, bit of column A, a little yeah. bit of column B. Yeah, absolutely. But I think we we probably all instinctively knew that was going to be the case. But but it's how that lands and how that works. And I think that's that's what I've enjoyed is, is working out working out that conversation. So Lee, thank you so much again for joining me this week for the podcast. I will see you again next week. I will do. Thank you very much. Take care.